therootwave.com. What's going on, beautiful people? Thank you for returning back to therootwave.com. In this episode, I have Sanji Lopez. Please say hello to the audience and let us know where we can find you, please. Hey, what's up, audience? Thanks for having me, Esteban. Um, you, you guys can find me on Instagram, mostly. Uh, my at is Sovereign G. Thank you very much for being on the channel. It's an honor to have you. Um, we've met before, but uh, you've left such an impression on me that I said uh, one day I have to have you on one of my episodes. And I really thank you for being on. Um, I think you show a professionalism, a passion, a drive, but also you seem very humble and grounded and down to earth, which I really appreciate that in people. Um, so I try to have those type of people on my channel as well. Um, if you wouldn't mind just telling us a little bit about what you do, um, maybe some of your projects, but also what you do with BronxNet as well, please. Got you. Um, thanks so well, Esteban, for those nice comments about me. I'm, I'm humbled to be on the Root Wave and, and you know discussing just life with you. Um, I love your posts. I love everything that you do as well. And all the, you keep it real. You keep it real as F. I know you told me that I could curse, but... I'm going to try to steer away from it. <laughs> but, um, so I work at BronxNet. Um, I'm a producer and reporter at BronxNet Television. And what I do is I go around and I'm, I'm like a community journalist. So I go around and I just tell the stories of our community. And, you know, those stories are also my stories because I also live here as well. So it's just really connecting with people, um, being authentic, authentically Bronx. Um, you know, caring about what's going on and portraying um, the stories in um in a very, como se dice, like, it's, it's a natural way. It's just, it just comes naturally um, because I'm here with you, you know what I mean? And it's not so much like, I, I really don't like um, being in front of the camera, really. I like people to be in front of the camera. So, like, I pass the mic off and I'm, I allow you to use your voice in order to tell your story. That's my approach, always. Well, I, you did bring up something that I appreciate. That's another reason why I'm speaking to you and not no one else. It's that you can tell that you're from here. There's a lot of people that do reporting here in the Bronx that you know that they are not from here at all. Um, and it shows, and it's a little annoying, I gotta be honest. I mean, I mean that in the most humblest way, but it's just, I feel like it's gotta be more real. And what you bring to the table, I feel like, especially a lot of the pieces that you've covered, even in one of my events, um, you can tell that there's that love for the people because you're within the people. Um, so I really appreciate that. Um, the other thing that I want to let's start off talking about is how you actually got into this line of work. Um, what does it take to get into this line of work? Um, and what 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 fuels your drive behind all of it? Word. Um, so straight up, when I was a kid, I used to talk a lot. And like when my mom would go to school, um, parent teacher conference with me, my teachers would be like, yo, this girl's a pleasure to have in class, but she could talk like she needs to be doing something else. So like I use that and like my teachers helped me. I'm like, I'm a public school kid, 100%. So like my teachers use that in order to like my skills of speaking and my oratory, whatever the hell you want to call it, my oratory skills and they put me in doing announcements. So like I started doing, giving the morning announcements. I started saying like, yo, today we, we lost the baseball game again, guys, um, or whatever, you know, like, and, and it felt good. And like, we'll do the, the Pledge of Allegiance or whatever, all that good stuff. And then after that, um, I found my passion for just storytelling. And and like you said, Esteban, a lot of times people come from different places and like they, they try to tell our stories or they come into our spaces and try to, um, I don't know, dictate our stories for us. So like I had an awakening, like I just wanted to be a person from the Bronx telling stories, you know, like 
um, in any way that I can, really. Um, what it takes to get into a field like this, I say passion. I say being humble 100%. That is not something that you see often in this industry, um, unfortunately. And that makes me doubt um, my, not my passion, but like my drive when it comes to it. My drive comes from the community, period. And like when I'm out doing stories, that's where I derive all my energy from, just from, from people around me and from the people that, that you know, are allowing me to get into this space with them. Um, I would say like, um, how, how I got into the field? Well, yeah, because I was doing announcements. I feel like I didn't prepare to like, I just kind of just immerse myself into this, into yeah. this um, field and what I love to do, you know? Um, let's say someone's watching this and wants to do the same thing you're doing. Maybe not for a small network, maybe for their own YouTube channel or something like that. Um, or let's say they want to get into like network news or something like that, even if it's small time, what do you, what would you advise them to actually um, do? What steps should they take uh, proactively or as they're actually looking for this type of work uh, or actually setting up their own thing? Or what would you advise them um, based on your experience that, you know, maybe you wish somebody would have told you as well? Oh, word. I, I would say the first thing is don't be afraid to volunteer in places that you can learn. So like when I first started, um, I was like when I first started at Bronx that I was an intern. I was I was doing things like just voluntarily because I wanted to learn. I had the drive and the will to learn. And fortunately, we have a space where we can learn things for free. You know what I mean? Like we don't always get these these experiences handed off to us. We don't we don't get things on a silver platter. We got to work for it. And I know people say, you know, like experience don't pay the bills. But when I was uh, growing up, like I didn't need to pay any bills. I'm still living with my mom and pops. You know what I mean? So it's like I can dedicate time to my craft um, to do things voluntarily and learn to do things voluntarily. On top of Bronxnet, I also volunteered at, at um, WHCR 90.3 FM in Harlem, a radio station. Um, they're part of City College, my alma mater. So I also volunteered there. I learned how to like edit audio. I learned how to edit video at Bronxnet. I learned how to produce. I learned how to do everything off of pure being a volunteer. And then after that, opportunities came knocking. You know what I mean? I mean, I wasn't afraid to knock on the door either and be like, yo, let me in. What's up? You see me doing what I'm doing for you. Like, when are you going to do it for me? You know what I mean? Like, don't be afraid also to, like, speak up for yourself and, and vouch for yourself and also ask for mentorship. Um, don't be afraid to ask somebody like me, for instance. I'm not saying that I'm a pro at this, but, like, I came a long way from, like, being a volunteer to now, you know, being a reporter, producer, although I have way further to go. Like, I'm not, you know, at the point where I want to be. And it's not about fame. It's not about money at all. It's about passion. Never lose that passion either. Never lose the, um, you know, the love for what you're doing. So I would say also, don't be afraid to reach out to those that are already doing the work that you want to do. Awesome, awesome. Um, now that now that you have all this experience, would you mind sharing um, one or two, three stories that you've reported on that has left you like in shock, super happy? you know, and all like something that's really gonna also keep us in that suspense, please. Got you. Um, I can I can recount one of the first stories um, that I can recount off the top of my head is um, I went and did a story on a blind dance instructor. So like she's blind, she can't see, and she's instructing people how to dance. And she's from the Bronx. So I'm just like, 
damn, like this is the drive of our people, regardless of, you know, any disability, any any obstacle in their way. We still out here doing what we want to do because we love to do it. And like it touched me, the fact that she was doing that and the fact that she also said in the story, we may be blind, but we're not dumb. She said something like that, you know, like or like that doesn't stop us from doing what we want to do. So that is definitely my hat's off to her. Um, and and, you know, doing doing what she wants to do. Um, another story that I can recount is uh, maybe the protest that happened here in the Bronx, um, like about uh, a year ago with a controversial, I don't know if I want to bring it up, but it was like a controversial event that was going to happen here in the Bronx and people in the Bronx were not with it, you know? And this is something that a lot of people don't know about. Like if you're not really ingrained in the arts and culture vibe of the Bronx, you really wouldn't know about the story. But I decided to go out there and report this and be authentically, you know, present. And it felt like at, at first the community was like, nah, you're part of the problem. Like y'all not out here trying to help us or whatever. And I was like, listen, I'm from here too. And I got very passionate. I got very passionate at that event. I was like, yo, I'm on the same boat as you guys. I'm from here too. I just want to tell your stories. And like that, that taught me to kind of like bring two sides of the story together. And while not being, I guess, um, biased, cause that's another thing that's important. Um, but also, tell a story that another news station probably won't pick up you know what i mean like or like people wouldn't care about that was definitely top five for me i learned a lot from that yeah actually now that you brought that up i remember that i started following you because of that um not only was i part of that event because i had just jumped in the scene and you're right if you don't if you're not part of the scene you would have caught it um, it would have gone over your head like it did for me until I got schooled and I was like, holy shit, I understand this. Then I remember seeing BronxNet putting something together about it. Then I remember interviewing one of the people that actually ran the organization against this uh, event. Um, so it was like awesome because a lot of pieces came together really quick to make sure that um, the art community, the art space, and even the Bronx itself was like protected. And it took people like you and all these other people to actually come together and say, let's do it. Because there were other people around that weren't doing that. So I, now that you brought that up, it's a good point. That is a good story because that was actually something big. And I was like, holy shit, it's like taught me a lot um, in regards to what's going on in the Bronx and also the art space that I enjoy as well. Me too, definitely. And you know, the conversation wasn't over after that. And that's what I love about our community. That like when we have an issue, we're going to resolve it, especially if it comes if it comes forth and people find out about it, enough people find out about it, you know what I mean? So it's, I think that's what it's all about. Like hands off, like um, hand the mic off to the person that can tell the story and also just, you know, put, put everything aside and listen, listen to what the concerns are. That's number one, period, you know? My job, the, one, the number one important thing is to listen. Listen, don't listen to, to, to react, listen to, to understand, always. No, 100% correct. Um, let's move on to another question that I have for you. I don't ask this to people often because I feel like people want to give me like a political correct answer and I feel like you're not that type of person. So what I want to ask you is, can you speak to us in regards to what you think in your experience with the Bronx is awesome, great about the Bronx, things that are obvious, but also that we may not know even people in the Bronx, but then at the other hand, and you can start which way, whichever way you want, um, give us things about what needs improvement. What what do you see being out there and actually covering these stories that need help, attention, stuff that we're not paying attention to even here in the Bronx, let alone, let's say nationally or even in the state of New York that should be addressed, please. Yeah, for sure. so I'm gonna start 
I hate to start with the negative, but I'm gonna start with the negative because we gotta be real. Um, so I feel like the main thing for me is we need to be more wary of, of um, littering, sanitation in the Bronx. We need to be more more wary of like how we take care of our community, how we take care of our own. Like back in the day, I'm not that old, but like back in the day, it took a village to raise a child. Like my neighbors would snitch on me and shit. My neighbors would be like, yo, she's she's acting up. Tell her to go home, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, so I feel like nowadays we're kind of afraid to like step on each other's toes and like people are real quick to get violent or whatever. So we also got to check ourselves. We got to check um, people within our own community, the youth. We got to be more connected with the youth in the Bronx. Um, and something else I feel, of course, we have the highest stats to bring it back to COVID-19, the highest stats of COVID-19. And there are systemic issues, there are systemic reasons why we, we are one of the highest in, in you know, infections um, in, the, in the entire nation or whatever, right? Um, because we've been targeted like systemically and like just racially, we haven't received the same resources, the same funds, the same opportunities as other people have. And I feel like we have to pay attention to that as well. Like a lot of times people will point the finger and say, well, it's your fault because you're not eating right. It's your fault because you don't, you don't take care of yourself. It's your fault because you're not pursuing an education the way other people are doing. And I feel like on the other hand, it's like did those people get the opportunity that you got, you know? We were able to go to school, whatever the fact may be, but not everyone got that opportunity. And why is that? Because there are systemic issues in place, you know? Um, so I would say that's that's the negative. The positive would definitely be the people. Like, I mean, you know how many people came out of here? You got the Yankee hat on. Like, we got we got mad people that are... The hip-hop came from the Bronx. Like, everything that's, that's dope came from the Bronx. And we don't get enough, enough applauses and pats on the back for being the founding fathers of all this stuff. You feel me? And I just feel like, um, also just the culture. There's so much culture in our in our neighborhoods. There's so much beauty. And just nostalgia that remains true in our neighborhoods. Like we were talking off record like about the Mississauki truck outside. The pompas are open now because it's hot. You know, like the kids are acting up. Um, so there's a lot of beauty too. Um, but I feel like we have to maintain that by binding together and keeping our relationships with our neighbors going and not you know i mean covid has forced us to kind of be apart and distance but when this is over i hope that the bronx can come back together and realize that the the love and the solution is within us you know awesome awesome you actually brought up we're gonna go back to covid because i want to speak to you about that but um i do want to say that i feel like one thing that people don't understand about the bronx is that there was a point where we burned down right like the bronx is burning but people don't understand that in life whether it's personal communal whatever family um anytime something burns down it's always a rise up and that's i feel like what actually led you know to hip-hop to, to the to the yankees to like all this other just awesome momentum of people saying fuck that we can't be burnt down forever you know we gotta rise up and that's something that i feel like we don't get credit for because we actually did that we came from the bottom to the top and we're still kind of struggling to get up there but it's just impressive how many people come out of here um people that you wouldn't even know if you looked into the to the history be like oh shit they were born there they were born in lincoln hospital they were born in bah, 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 bah. and people that you're just constantly finding out that at some point they lived here or they rocked here for a little bit and they added to the culture and still might be adding to the culture now because they have those roots and foundations that doesn't I, you know i've i've moved i've gone around you know the country a little bit and that the bronx doesn't come out of me you know it's it's instilled in me so 
um, that's one thing that I feel like you know if you're gonna look at the Bronx in any way it's good to consider the fact that we're like a rising Phoenix who came out of the ashes of something that was horrible back in the day so thank you for bringing that up because that was yes. awesome now let's go on to COVID real quick because um, I don't know how, where to start with this um, so I worked in the medical industry for over a decade um, anywhere from literal literal I, I don't have any certificates or anything to do with patient care I did a lot of administrative work from face-to-face -face, like interacting with a patient right as they walk into like a family practice that I worked at where I first started to then working at a two large uh, clinics uh, for upstate New York and also down here in the city and then moving into the back end of working for big companies like Affinity Health Plan and Empire Blue Cross Blue Shield um, so I've worked in these in, in that long spectrum behind the scenes the people who are doing the numbers and tabulating and all that stuff so my opinion on this whole COVID thing is and I want to get yours because I'm sure that you're keeping it real with the investigations that you're probably doing and the research and the stuff that you're reading we don't get a lot of that realness coming from TV. So I want to address this a little bit by saying that um, I was there, <laughs> H1N1, bird flu, swine flu. Um, I can't even remember. There's like two or three other ones that SARS. Um, I was there for all of them um, where we were constantly giving projections, numbers, totals once everything was over or like clear what those numbers and totals look like. And I have to be honest and say that they're very reminiscent to this and it's even worse. Um, I think 2012, I even got sick, deathly sick um, because there was like a super strain of flu that was out in 2012 that I think the numbers hit like, somebody's gonna fact check me, but I'm sure it's like 365,000 or something like that died in the United States that year, right? So I think right now we're like at 120,000, which, you know, it's a virus. It's something that needs to kind of go its way, right? So. Um, it's the same when you go to the doctor and you have a cold or a flu, the doctor really can't give you anything except tell you, hey, you know, rest up, get fluids, do this other stuff. Like it's all preventative and trying to hold, keep it at bay. It just got to run its course. I remember a lot of doctors always that I work with, it's got to run its course, got to run its course. Um, what are you finding out when it comes to all this reporting of COVID, um, even if it's locally or nationally? Where do you feel they're dropping the ball in, in regards to the media, in regards to their reporting, and in regards to actually giving us good facts and good advice um, on all of this, please? My concern with the COVID numbers and the COVID everything um, is that a lot of times, um, for instance, I lost my grandmother-in-law um, about two months ago now. Um, and we haven't found out what she passed from, right? We're waiting for the results of the autopsy. They say 60 days is the autopsy results um, time frame. So um, the first thing they wanted to say was that she died from COVID. First thing, like, oh, she she had a lung collapse. It might have been COVID. Yeah. And they weren't expecting us to ask any questions. And that's it. Go the fuck home and, and don't ask any more questions. That's where I feel like they're dropping the ball. I feel like there's a lot of people that are not informed enough to really ask the questions and follow up on what happened to their family member, um, especially given the fact that we hadn't been in contact with her. We were purposely not going to visit her because we were afraid that she was going to contract the virus. So she had been home this entire time. And how are you going to tell me now that she might have died from COVID-19? You know what I mean? Like, my main thing is they're dropping the ball also on, on the fact that the numbers, um, I mean, 
let's go back to like why the Bronx is, is not funded enough, right? The hospitals are not receiving enough funding. So they're desperate to mark these, these deaths off as COVID-19 in order to receive that funding finally, right? Um, and that breaks my heart because it's like, you're really stating that these people pass from this and you're not really sure. This is just an assessment from viewing the person coming into the ER, which by the way, we didn't have a problem going into without anybody stopping us. Like, if there's really something that you guys are trying to contain within the hospital, how come you guys are not trying to stop us from barging into the ER to find out what the fuck is going on with our family member, you know? There's a lot of shit that I'm like, it's not really adding up to me, and y'all not really asking the right questions. So, I'm, I'm keeping it funky. Like, this is, a, you know, away from my job, this is all my personal opinion. Um, but it's really tough, especially when you're going through the... the um, the process of mourning somebody but you're also trying to understand what the fuck is going on with this shit you know so i feel like definitely dropping the ball with the amount of deaths that are happening through covid because they want to get the funding and it's a desperate attempt at getting that funding that they were never qualified for because the government pur purposely does not fund um poor areas they fund highly affluent areas there are reports out there that that say that that they purposely gave those PPP loans to these hospitals that already had the fucking money. And then, but mind you, we're dying at higher rates. How the hell does that make any sense? You know, that's definitely where my my anxiety is like, oof. Yeah, I, I, I agree because the virus is real. Um, that's no, I'm not arguing that, but there just seems to be a lot of red tape, bureaucracy, um, politics in play. And then you have people who are, not only dying but i also feel like people are stressing out here and you know it's bad enough that they're losing their jobs they don't got you know it, it's not fun being indoors for so long either some people are, and our community is very like they listen to the news they stick to it so you have a lot of people like indoors and just like freaking out and you know getting anxiety or you know panic attacks because they're not they're watching too much of this stuff um, so yeah, I, I totally agree. And the other thing is, I remember the another reason I brought up that I've been in, in this industry for so long, the medical industry, is because I remember when like the bird flu came, they were saying, "All right, guys, you know, take more of this, do more of that." I remember there was a lot of vitamin D suggestions, vitamin C suggestions. There was like a lot of that talk because they were like, "Hey, the Tammy flu that was supposed to help wasn't enough, so let's be proactive and let's leave the Tammy flu for the people who really need it." And this and that. I, I remember that like like yesterday and that, that was a long time ago um and i don't see any of that shit going on now like it's literally like oh my god scared it's the president's fault and this and this it's like okay who gives a f i get all that but how about we start actually taking care of each other and talking in that light of hey how can we prevent this how can we do better here it's all negative and it's it's kind of gross to me um so that's why i was like i want to see what your point of view was and like what are the solutions like you said i see holistic healing and like a lot of like um mental emotional wellness um check-ins happening in the community and it's unbelievable that it's happening in the community and like we're not hearing this from the higher beings the higher people that are supposed to be telling us how the fuck we're gonna get through this you know what i mean it's happening here and that's why i'm inspired by like how so many people so many organizations here in the bronx even like grassroots led efforts people going out here like out of their way to to provide food and and nutrition and like events for free for people masks for free and you know we don't have that coming from anywhere else where it's supposed to be coming from people are not doing their jobs and that's why i don't like getting political because it's like a lot of times shit looks like a photo op to me 
um, when you guys were supposed to be, be doing this. You know what I mean? And like now that we need it most, we're not getting the answers that we're seeking. We're just, we just keep getting like confusing statements thrown around and like we're stuck in between getting infected at higher rates. It's just insane. It's a crazy topic. Yeah. Well, that was going to be my follow up to this is there is something great coming out of it because I do see at least people in the Bronx um, feeding people, making sure they're all right, checks. Um, it's it's been amazing. I I would assume that it's not only happening here. It does seem to have um, happening everywhere. But um, my question to you is, where do you see the world? Where do you see the Bronx after all of this is over? I see the Bronx coming together closer because it's like um, a lot of what's happening with COVID nineteen is kind of opening our eyes to, like I said earlier, the systemic um, issues that we've been facing all along and how we've been disproportionately impacted on purpose. Um, so a lot of people are opening their minds and their eyes and their hearts to the idea that this is nothing new. These attacks are nothing new on us. Um, the fact that we have the highest diabetes, asthma rates, you know, all this, I feel like after this, we're going to be taking care of each other way more and we are going to be in community way more. So there is hope at the end of this, um, hell. Um, unfortunately we are going through it right now, but I just feel like we just have to stay together and I see I'm, I'm being optimistic but at the same time another thing I appreciate about you Esteban is that you post about shadow work you post about um, keeping it real and like also looking at the negative side of things right um, so you have to have that duality that balance um, what's next who the hell are we gonna call out for, for these issues how are we gonna move forward who are we taking out of all this? Who are we placing in that's, that's for us? You know, elections just happened. That's another thing that we have to pay attention to. We just, I feel like we're gonna be more educated after this and more prepared to face other traumas. And hopefully we don't go through another trauma, you know? Right, right, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I don't wanna take up too much more of your time, um, but I do wanna ask you if you have any projects, which I did notice you had and you posted about it. So if you wouldn't mind speaking on that, and then also tell us a little bit about what's coming in the future with your um, your work, please. Sure. Thank you for asking. Um, so the project that I have, um, we did like a group BX Film 48 Festival Challenge. Um, we literally made a film in 48 hours for the BX Film 48. Um, this episode is probably going to come out way after this already premieres, but you guys can check that out at the BX Film 48 YouTube. Um, so speaking of like past tense but future tense, it's going to be there <laughs> or it's there now. You can check it out. Um, and um, after that, I mean, I'm just out here still doing reports. I've been working from home a little more often, um, but still um, interviewing people on, you know, all the issues that we face here in the Bronx, organizations that are making a difference, people that are making a difference. Um, and I think what's next for me is just continuing to connect with the community. And like, if anybody wants to reach out again, you can find me on Instagram at Sovereign G. I am very responsive um, and yeah. Awesome, thank you so much. Now, the last thing I'm gonna ask you is before we go, I always ask my um, guests to actually leave us with some send off, something very positive, motivating, something that's gonna inspire someone that's watching this, please. Ow! <laughs> <laughs> so I would say just keep being true to yourself. Um, and you know, as cliche as that may sound, um, find yourself also. I feel like this time, COVID-19 and being in quarantine has kind of allowed me to look internally and see that I'm not this altruistic, positive being all the time. I'm actually, you know, I feel like I have to also be in touch with my shadow self. This is another topic that like you can find on the root wave and at Esteban's page at any time. Um, but I feel like um, I also have to realize that 
there's we, we are dual beings we, we are two-sided beings we have the, the negative and the positive we shouldn't be afraid of like delving into what the negative can bring out because that's where change comes and that's where you know your true self come, derives from um so i just feel like the the send-off is it sounds negative to talk about dark being dark <laughs> but um the send-off is just you know find yourself use this time to find yourself and also you know continue connecting with community and you know supporting each other through whichever way you can if you want to put a community fridge somewhere near you do that if, like whatever you want to do just do it and connect with people don't be afraid to reach out we're all here for each other beautiful and you're right don't be afraid to be kind and caring for others because <laughs> that's kind of what we need nowadays and one more thing just like i mentioned about the bronx out of the dark does come the light so it's important to actually take these moments and reflect yep <laughs> well thank you so much for being on the channel i really 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 appreciate it you've been on my list for a little bit and i and i thank you for being on the channel it's really humbling and inspiring because you do bring something to the table that i think um is important for people to see especially in the bronx and just nationwide I appreciate you very much. Thanks. I really do. Thank you so much. And to my audience, please go support her. Please go follow. I'm going to put all your information below so that way they can check you out. Um, and check out other interviews that we have at therootwave.com. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. I'll catch you around. Later. Thank you. Thank you, yeah. guys. Yeah. Therootwave.com.